want to talk to you about joy. You see, happiness is something that happens to you on the outside. It can come and go. One minute you can be happy at work. The next moment, well, a coworker can come along and just say something cutting, derogatory remark that turns the atmosphere just completely dark and negative. It kind of ruins your day. Or it's, how about this? You're, you're waiting in the parking lot. You're, at, you know, you're going to the movies. The new Star Wars movie is out. So the, the, the place is packed. You're waiting for some guy to pull out of his parking place, and then somebody cuts right in front of you and takes your space. And it just ruins your day, spoils your evening. It's like all you can think about during the movie is that guy that stole my space. It's like, okay, or here's another one. You're so happy with that bright, shiny new car that you bought, the beautiful ride, the new car smell, but then reality sets in next month where you got to make that loan payment on the car, and then you got to make the one payment after that. It starts to feel more like a burden. But see, you see, joy is not dependent on things happening around you. It's not a fleeting here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing. Contentment, a calm delight, thankfulness, that is what joy is like. Now, I can remember when I was growing up, my grandmother, her name was Selma. She was born in Basel, Switzerland. Faith in her relationship with the Lord was very important to her. Grandma was a Seventh-day Adventist, so that means she went to church on Shabbat. She even kept a kosher table. She would often sing or hum while she worked in the kitchen or did chores around her house. I can't say that she was always happy, but she was full of joy. I can remember as a child getting birthday cards from her that would be signed, Love and God's Richest Blessings from Grandma. You see, Grandma had joy inside of her, and it showed with the blessings that she poured out in her life. That kind of joy only comes from one source, though, and that's the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Ephesians in chapter 5. Do we have that up? We can pull it. There we go. Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm reading from the complete Jewish Bible version. It says, don't get drunk with wine because it makes you lose control. Instead, keep on being filled with the Spirit. Sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to each other. Sing to the Lord and make music in your heart to Him. Always give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord, Yeshua, the Messiah. You see, Grandma was singing, and it kept her being filled with the Holy Spirit. Joy is a true contentment that comes from internal factors like our faith in the Lord. True joy is everlasting, and it's not dependent on circumstances. So, okay, you come to shul on Shabbat, right? You fellowship, you sing, you pray, you listen to the message. You get filled up. But then a Monday comes, and you're off to work, eh? The car breaks down, or traffic is extra heavy. Your spiritual tank starts to run down a little bit. Tuesday night, you're up all night with, the, with a sick child. Next day, you're exhausted. But you got to go to work in the morning. The tank gets a little lower. Wednesday night, you have an argument with your spouse over, who was it that was supposed to pay the utility bill last month? Okay. 
Thursday, it's something else. And by Friday, your tank is, you're down on empty. You're running on empty. So how do you keep from running on empty? One of my favorite movies of all times, and my family knows this, is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And those of you who've seen it or know it, it's a comedy by the Coen brothers, and it's set during the Depression down in the Deep South, Mississippi. And it features a lot of songs from that area. One of the songs they sing in that movie, and that's from that time period, is, was a, one that was made famous by the Carter family called Keep on the Sunny Side. And it goes, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help you every day. It will brighten all your way. If we keep on the sunny side of life. Now, another song from that is a difficult time. It's a song called Peace Like a River. And the second verse in that song goes, I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul, in my soul. Anybody ever sang that song? I've got peace like a river. I've got joy like a fountain. I've got, there you go. Yeah, you know. Okay. But those are, those are singing songs, and they come from that era in, in our country. And that was during the Great Depression. It was an extremely difficult time in this country. Many people barely got by and were so thankful just to have food to eat or having a roof over their heads. But songs like Keep on the Sunny Side, Peace Like a River, they were uplifting to people. Singing songs of praise, songs of thankfulness, can refill your joy tank. The Hebrew word for joy is simcha. Just like we celebrate simcha Torah, which means joy of the Torah, it comes from the root word sameach. And that is where we get our greeting during the High Holy Days period, Hag Sameach, which literally means joyous festival. Did you know the words happy and happiness are used in the Bible probably about 30 times, while joy and rejoice are used over 3,000 times? The book of Philippians in particular is a great study in the difference between joy and happiness. It's written by the apostle Shaul while imprisoned in Rome. This book uses the word joy and rejoice and joyful 16 times and teaches us how to have true contentment in Messiah despite our circumstances. You have to remember, he was in chains and aware that his life was coming to an end, yet Shaul talks about his faith and trust in Messiah Yeshua and how it changed his whole perspective on suffering. Let's look at Philipp, uh, Philippians chapter 1. And again, this is from the complete Jewish Bible. It says, Now, brothers, I want you to know that what has happened to me has helped in advancing the good news. It has become clear to the whole palace and to everyone else that it's because of the Messiah that I am in chains. Also, my being in prison has given most of the brothers in the Lord confidence so that they have become much more bold in speaking the word of God fearlessly. True, some are proclaiming the Messiah out of jealousy and rivalry, but others are doing it in goodwill. The latter act from love, aware that I am put where I am for defending the good news. 
while the former announced the Messiah out of selfish ambition, with impure motives, supposing they can stir up trouble for me in prison. But so what? All that matters is that in every way, whether honestly or in pretense, the Messiah is being proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that this will work out for my deliverance. Because of your prayers and the support I get from the Spirit of Yeshua, the Messiah, it all accords with my earnest expectation and hope that I will have nothing to be ashamed of, but rather now, as always, the Messiah will be honored by my body, whether it is alive or dead. Imagine that. After all he had been through, all kinds of perils, beatings, imprisonment, at times being cold, hungry, and now facing impending death, he rejoiced. Even though jealous people tried to make him look bad and cause him trouble, as long as they were preaching the good news of Messiah Yeshua, he didn't care. In fact, he rejoiced in it. Does that sound like a happy person or a person with joy on the inside? Viktor Frankl was a Jewish psychiatrist living in Vienna, Austria before World War II. When the Nazis invaded his country, he, his wife, and his parents were all sent to the concentration camps. He was separated from his wife and parents and spent three years in concentration camps, during which time all his family members died. What is remarkable about Viktor Frankl is that despite being starved, beaten, subject to inhuman treatment, he survived. He survived while younger, stronger men gave up, simply gave up and perished. I'd like to read, this is a quote from his book, Man's Search for Meeting. Do it there. Thank you. It says, We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man. But one thing, the last of the human freedoms, that is to choose one's attitude in every given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Viktor Frankl from the book, Man's Search for Meaning. You see, the Apostle Shaul, I mean, he could have looked at his circumstances and said, you know, things are awful, be unhappy. But still he was full of joy because of the message, the preaching of of Yeshua as the Messiah being, being told the good news to folks. He saw that gospel being spread, and he rejoiced in that despite his circumstances. For Viktor Frankl, it, it, he goes on to talk about in his book how he found a page from the Sador in a coat he was issued in the concentration camp. It contained the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. The Lord is one. And he realized a prisoner had worn that coat to the gas chamber, and now it was issued to him. That man was dead. But that man had recited the Shema as he was going to his death. In spite of his circumstances, 
He had the joy, the peace of knowing his God was with him. In turn, that Shema, that Sidur page, uplifted and changed Viktor Frankl's attitude. Someone may take away your happiness. Circumstances may cause you to be unhappy at times, but no one can take your joy. Psalm 87, verse 7. It says, Then those who sing, as well as those who play the flutes, will shall say, All my springs of joy are in you. If you have accepted Yeshua as your Messiah, you already have joy inside you. You might say, come on, David, that's true, but you don't know what kind of life I've been, you know, what I've kind of week I've had. You don't know what I'm going through. You know, it's true. I don't know what you're going through. But I do know that you have a choice. Just like the Apostle Shaul, just like Viktor Frankl, just like my grandmother Selma, you can sing, you can rejoice, you can change your mind, replenish your tank this week, continue your joy all through the week, sing songs on the way to work. Hey, sing songs in the shower. It always sounds better that way anyway, right? You can even sound like an opera singer when you're in the shower. Sing songs to your children. Teach them to be joyful, even as you were replenished. Just like the psalmist said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God will do wonderful things in your life. Just you wait and see. Shabbat Shalom.